Welcome to Be The Light Podcast with C.B. Barthlow, lead pastor of Denver Beacon. I am your host, Pastor Ty Morris. Our desire is to lead the lost, the broken, and the hopelessness of our communities, to be light bearers in our city set on a hill. Now tune in for our sermon series. Amen. Well, I got the Beacon Bible. Yeah, is that right? Is that he told me that was going to be something super special? Um, first of all, let me honor your amazing pastors. We invite them out every single year, and we love them because they're just family to us. They are on our wall somewhere, but not because of CB. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but we, we're incredibly in love with them, and you guys are incredibly blessed to have such amazing leadership, and um, man, I, I, I can't say enough about both of them. Can we give it up for your pastors this morning? Amen. I, I'm telling you, uh, our people love your pastors, like we, they just, I, I can't stand it how much they love them. And I'm kind of annoyed by it, if I'll be honest with you. I took your picture down because of that. And <laughs> they started putting candles around your pictures. And I was like, you know what? We're not having that. Uh, there's a shrine of some sort. I'm in a comedy club. So <laughs> let's go, right? I gave my best joke earlier. Some of you weren't here. I'll say it again. Y'all ready? Listen, two peanuts were walking down the street. And one of them got assaulted. It's quite possibly, it's quite possibly the best joke to ever. And it's just great. I'm so honored to be here. Would you pray with me? After you're laughing, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. You want, you want strength, you got to get joy. It's okay to laugh in church. Amen. All right. Jesus, thank you. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful. I think, we need, I think a grateful church is a great church. A church that remembers, right? Like, you ever, didn't y'all have kids? Like, you ever have, like, the perfect day with your kid? And it's like eight, nine hours in, you took them to Disney World. They watched the Minions. They ate pizza. They invited all their friends over. It was all good. And you did it for 12 hours, and you get home. And the second, the second you're not doing something their demeanor changes and they're so bored and they're so hungry and I'm like shut up I spent the whole day trying to take care of you and you're gonna you're gonna complain about do we do that to Jesus though do we do it like, you're like, like, we need to be more grateful for the great thing. Like you woke up this morning, amen. You're able to walk into church, you can breathe, and there's one thing that goes wrong and you're like, oh my God. I just think we need to be more grateful. I love a grateful church. Is Beacon Church a grateful church? Amen. Amen. So my family sends me out here. I don't think I sent you a picture of my family. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Uh, but my family, my, my lovely wife of, gosh, a long time. I'll just say that. Uh, I think it's 14 years now. Uh, together, 17. Um, yeah, come on, somebody. Uh, and uh, my, my amazing children, uh, Zoe 
Isabella Lopez. She is the lioness. That's what we call her. Come on, that, that, I give all my kids nicknames, right? And she is the lioness. She's fearless. She's the, uh, and then the second kid, his name is Oliver Graham Lopez, in case he ever runs for president. She's that strong name. And then he won't, I mean, well, by that time, there might be just overpopulated the Mexicans, and he can't use Lopez. <laughs> but just in case, he can use Graham. And so, uh, I'm just saying, uh, just in case. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and he's the legend, right? I got my lioness, and I got the legend. And then we have Nova, who was a complete surprise to us. When I say complete surprise, my w- I thought my wife was pranking me. She's like, we're pregnant. I said, no, we're not. It's been five years. Now, we weren't not practicing being pregnant, but it's just like I'm getting old, right? And I'm thinking like, it's done. It's over. We're never going to have a baby again. I'm 40 years old. You know, I look 23. I get it. I get it. I get it. Your pastor looks young too. Um, both of your pastors do. But, but I was just saying like, like, and then she comes up to me. She's like, I'm pregnant. And I said, we, we, were, we were about to, to go on vacations and stuff. <laughs> like during the school, you know, like they're at school. And let's just do whatever we want. And then we had Nova Joshua Lopez. And she, uh, she Nova because it's a sudden burst of light. That's why we named her Nova, and because it was a sudden burst of. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am, and Joshua, Yeshua, like Jesus, because I believe Jesus was a sudden burst of light, and definitely the sudden burst of light that we need. And she was a complete, complete, complete surprise. So now I have three kids, and um, and now they're they're starting to. Uh, my older ones are starting to not eat Happy Meals like they eat the full meals. It's ten dollars. <laughs> it's expensive. Like we used to go to McDonald's CV and be chill. Like you know, oh yeah, like Daddy's a baller. No, no ramen noodles at the house for y'all. So my family sends their love. We try to get them out here with us, but again, we had Nova. Everything changes. Nobody wants to watch her. So. There's a comedy anointing, and this. No, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe. I don't know. So uh, let me tell you about Oliver, though. I told you all that to uh, give, you know, give you the, my best regards from my family. But let me tell you about Oliver. Oliver, we call him the legend. Uh, he's uh, now in first grade. So Oliver, uh, the year is circa 2019. And uh, he is going to what we call pre-kindergarten, pre-K. Any of y'all know about that? Um, the thing about pre-kindergarten or pre-K is, is, that, is that daddy pays for it. It's optional, right? And for mom at that time, it was like incredibly optional because she thought that was her last baby. Surprise. <laughs> you know, she was like, I'm going to keep him home because this is my last baby and I need to spend time with him. And now she regrets it completely. <laughs> And so she thought that was her last baby. So daddy, so, so daddy paid for all of pre-K from August all the way up till May. Can I tell you something about Oliver the Legend Lopez? He only went, I mean, if there was like a percentage number, like I'm saying like how, how much time he spent in pre-kindergarten, I would say it was about four to six percent. 
It's not funny, y'all. Because daddy paid for that. I would walk in at lunch sometimes on my lunch break. I go home and Oliver's just sitting up in the couch watching Toy Story or watching Black Panther or watching Infinity War. And I'm like, son, what are you doing? I look to my wife and say, what is he doing at home? And she's like, it's okay. I'm like, no, I'm paying for pre-K. She's like, no, this is my last one. Uh, the Lord, the Lord helped me on this one. <laughs> Paid her back. Amen. It's optional. I, I paid for school every day. But he never went. Uh-oh. He never went. I'll be like, hey, why am I paying for something that he's not going to? And then graduation season rolls up. Come on, it's, it's May, right? It's, it's May, it's graduation season. It, it, it's, it's Oliver Graham Lopez. He's running for president. This is not gonna look good on his presidential campaign. Um, and uh, I, I walk into my house and, and on, the, on the side when I walk in, there's a little, um, there's, a little uh, uh, there's a coat and a hanger and a plastic bag with blue cap and gown. The cap and the gown, it's blue. And I walk in and I say, who is this for? And she said, oh, that's Oliver's. I said, for what? <laughs> it was the graduations next week. You need to get him a haircut, get him some clothes, get him looking fly. I said, for what? I was like, he passed? <laughs> and here's what she said. Here's what she said. Here's what she said. It's not that he passed. It's that you paid for it. It's not, I was still mad though. But the Lord was there. And she said, it's not that he passed, it's that he graduated and it's graduation day that he's rolling up. He's like, yo, dad. I'm like, what? He goes, who did you invite? Did you send out invites? I said, what are you, like, we're having a party? You know, like, a Gigi and Popo come in? Like, dude, you didn't even go to school. You didn't even, like, like seriously, y'all, he didn't, I mean, I'm talking like we roll up to graduation day, nobody knows him. <laughs> nobody knows him. And it's just like, hey, you know, the teachers are introducing themselves to him. Hey, y'all, my name's, hey, Oliver, I'm your teacher. <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. I think, I, did, did I give you a picture of that? I wanted to show you Oliver Graham Lopez on graduation day. I think I sent that to y'all, did I? Maybe not. Okay, if you could find that for me because, because here's this kid and um, he's in his blue cap and gown and he's going like this and he's just happy that he graduated but he didn't do nothing. He didn't do a, can I say dang on this stage? <laughs> He didn't do a dang thing. In Texas, we can say dang. I don't know if we can say that over here, but, but he didn't deserve it. He didn't earn it. He didn't go to class for it. He didn't study for it. He didn't show up for it. And it didn't matter because mom was like, it doesn't matter. There he is. No, don't, don't. <laughs> don't, look at him. He's, a, 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 there's, a, there's another one, but that one, that one will do. L look at this, he has his bag, he has his diploma. <laughs> St 
stop, y'all. This is out of control. Like, Oliver Graham Lopez, I mean, you cute as heck. But you, look at him. Stop it. You don't deserve any of the, and he's gone, and it didn't matter. It's like, it's like and, and here's what I'm, here's what I tell you that story, to tell you this, I want to be like that. I want to be able to walk around and know that everything I have, it's not because that I deserved it, amen? It's because of Jesus, right? It's not because of hustle, it's because of, I think Nipsey said that, it's because of grace, come on. It's like he, he did, didn't deserve it. But the good thing is when you walk around knowing that you didn't deserve it, I can celebrate myself more. But I can also celebrate you more too. I, not only can I celebrate me, because I don't deserve it, but if God did it for me, he can do it for you. Are you getting this? If God did it for me, he can do it for you. So, so, so our, our only testimony, like, now listen, I know you got a lot of amazing testimonies in this church. I know if God has done some absolutely amazing things for you in your life. I know he's delivered you. I know he's helped you. I know God has just moved in your life like never before. I know he's moved in your marriage. I know he's moved in your children's life. I know God has moved in your life. But our only testimony is this, if it was not for the grace of God. That's it. That's our only time. I mean, you can wrap up all your testimonies into that one statement. If it was not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. But here's the thing. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. And if he did it for me, oh, come on, he can do it for the person that don't like me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for the person that I don't like. Uh-oh. Nah, I ain't about all that. Y'all can leave now if you want, because we're just going to go deeper. Amen. Y'all remember the prodigal son? So uh, the prodigal son, he uh, wants his dad's inheritance, basically saying this, that I want you to die, dad, because that's how he would get his inheritance then when his dad dies. So he's basically telling his dad, it's a big thing. I want, I want the money that you owe me. I'm going to, J.G. Wentworth this thing, right? Y'all been calling? And so he's like, I want the money. So dad gives him the money. And the son goes to Vegas, if you will, squanders his money, bets it all, and loses everything. Long story short, he comes back. He realizes where he's at. And he's like, look, I, I could at least go home. I'm eating pig's food. I could at least go home and work for my dad. And on his way home, pastor, on his way home, dad sees him in the distance. And dad gets up and runs towards him. And he hugs him. Come on, church. And he embraces him. And not only that, that he says, bring the fatted calf, uh, bring the best robe, let's get him dressed, like, let, let, let's get the rings on him, come on somebody, and, but, but it was all good, let's, let, let's put Selena y los dinos on. <laughs> Oh, y'all rock with Selena? Hey! But, but listen, there was another brother. Mm. There was another brother in the back hearing what's going on. He's in his room studying the, the deep theology of the Lord. He's on his knees in worship. 
candles all around him. He got the incense going. It's just deep. And he hears the commotion and he says, what in the heck is going on out there? Why are they playing 50 Cent? It's a party. It was a party. I don't know if you know it or not, but church should just be a constant party celebrating people who come back to Jesus. I don't know if you know it, but what happened in American church is that we just kept throwing parties for the same people. While we're supposed to be throwing parties for people who come back or who come to Jesus. Mm. And so, so he gets up and he gets mad and he's like, no. And he goes up to, to dad and he's like, listen, dad, what's going on? I've been here. I've done it. I mean, I've memorized the scripture. I got it all. I know the songs. I know the words. I know the sermons. I know the traditions. I know it absolutely all of it. How in the world are you giving him everything? He stole from you. He took from you. He robbed from you. And you're embracing this dude. Which proves to me one major thing is that we can be in the Father's house and not have the Father's heart. We're, 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 we're mostly all either at one point in our life or almost all the time the prodigal son or, 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 or the brother. But maybe that whole story is not even about any of them, but it's about the Father. Because the language stays the same is that whether prodigal son or the jealous son, the language stays the same, which is son. Son. And he's mad because he's caught up in what we would call sin and he comes back and he's but he came back and he he left and he sinned and he sinned against you father and I'm not talking light of sin today I want you to know that church okay I'm just not I know that sin cost us our heavenly father absolutely everything I'm not talking light of sin but here's something that might mess with some of your theology we're not here to fight sin We're, we're here to build his kingdom. I'm not saying sin isn't real. I'm just saying sin is defeated. Why are we meeting and gathering with, with, with the, around the forefront that I sin less than you? We're putting the power, the power of sin back at the... Sin doesn't have power. Yo, sin has been defeated last I checked. Right? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying sin isn't running things anymore, amen? Come on, sin isn't running the comedy club, amen? You may be thinking, oh, but it's, it's grace on Sunday morning, but on Saturday nights. No, no, no. Sin isn't running the earth anymore. Sin is defeated. Do you believe me? Grace is running the earth. And grace isn't a principle, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. Come on, grace runs these streets, amen? Grace runs downtown Denver. Are you with me? Grace runs it. And grace has the final say. Grace paid for it, but before I even showed up, grace dressed me in a cap and gown, robed me, not in a blue one, but in one of righteousness. Are you getting this? Oliver didn't do nothing, but he still got dressed up. 
And he still got celebrated. And that's what the grace of God did. I wish I had a church that knew grace was running things in Denver. Amen. Grace is running things in Denver. And grace is running things in your home. It's grace. It's grace. Now, 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 I, I, want, I want to tell you, though, there is a cosmic force, amen, of evil. And Satan and his demons are very real. All right? There has to be a plan against Satan and this cosmic force of evil and all his plans. You'd be like, oh, pastor, there is. Mm-hmm. I've been in my devotions this morning. That's my spiritual plan against Satan and this cosmic force of evil. Ooh, pastor, we have altar calls. We have the laying on of hands. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with altar calls. We got small groups. Nothing wrong with small groups. We got small groups too. We going in, pastor, like we doing our daily devotions. We speaking in the spirit. It's all good. We got the plan. And not only that, I got the full armor of God and ah I got the, the helmet of salvation I got the sword of the, hold on wait I got the sword of the spirit I got the breastplate of righteousness I'm rocking it I'm ready for spiritual battle but did, you, did, did any of y'all notice that, that the, the, the armor of God doesn't have nothing for your back <laughs> I'll let you think about that later Yeah, it's all good for you. You you got spiritual battle down and it's good and it's yours and you got it figured out and you're in, it's just like, I'm good. I got the devotions down. I know how to fight this spiritually. You know, the other day, about two months ago, I was at Target and uh, we were out of town, we we're on vacation and my wife likes to go to Target every time we go on vacation because we don't got a Target at our house, at our, in our uh, city. You're like, God, poor you, be quiet. We got a Walmart. And so, and so we were at Target, right? And, and I'm driving. Um, we're leaving Target, and I'm, I don't know where to go next. And I, I, I know where to get to, but I don't know how to get there. Amen? And so I'm putting the destination. Come on, say destination. destination. I'm putting the destination in my GPS. But at the same time, I'm also driving. Um, but I'm driving really slow in the parking lot. I'm going like 4 to 4.3 miles per hour. 4.3. And I'm driving slow and I'm looking at my GPS and I'm putting in the destination and then out of the sides, <laughs> my, my wonderful wife goes, babe! And I look up and within about two seconds, I slam on the brake because I was about to run somebody over. Why y'all laughing? And my wife goes, babe, what are you doing? I said, I was looking, I was, I was looking to where we're trying to get to. And the dude was kind of like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't too mad about it. He waved at me with one finger and he <laughs> I said, oh, he's happy. <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me immediately. And he said, that's how my people are. We're so wrapped up in the destination that we're forgetting the people right in front of us. And we're running over them and we don't care about them. 
and whether the destination be heaven or being spiritually mature or being really holy or and he's like but we're forgetting the people right in front of us church we cannot get so caught up in making our destination hear me out so holy and so super spiritual that we miss the people right in front of us. Let me help you out. Loving people well is the destination. Are you hearing me speaking? That's it. You're like, nah, bro, I need something deeper. I need something. There's nothing wrong with the deep hermeneutics theology of things. I love it. I love to dive into that stuff. It's great. You're like, no, I need to, just loving people well. No, I need something more spiritual. But, but, but what is it to be spiritual, right? Like, is it, is it uh, 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 praying th- 30 minutes every hour on the hour? Is it lighting candles? Is it kumbaya around a campfire? Is it small groups? Is it, devo- what, is it devotions? Is it worship? Is, is, it, is it I tithe? Is it I speak in the spirit? What is it to be spiritual? What is it to be holier? Or, 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 or what, what if I'm asking the wrong question? What if, the, what, if, what if the right question is what is it to be more like Jesus? What if that's the real question? What if that's the only question? What is it? So, so I'm asking the wrong question. He's trying, he's trying to get... No, no, no. Let me say it like this. Has us trying to be more spiritual than our neighbors and holier than our neighbors divided us? And now we have opinions and thoughts in ways that we think we should worship and what worship should look like. And now we've taken that and we've divided into hundreds of thousands of denominations. God. Maybe the devil's greatest weapon isn't even demons. Maybe it's division. Mm. Look at Ephesians chapter 3. Are you learning anything? Amen. Watch it. There's got to be there's got to be some kind of uh, there's got to be some kind of plan against the devil. <laughs> I'm glad you came. It says for this reason I Paul the prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of the Gentiles surely come on say surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Uh-oh. Given to me. Oh, you're getting it. You're getting it. That is the mystery made known to, be, uh, to me by revelation. As I have already written briefly in reading this, then you will be able to understand my instinct into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations. As I sit now, uh, as, I, as, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit, Spirit, Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This is, I'm I'm giving you an insight to spiritual warfare. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members, come on, say together, of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Now here it is. I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace given to me. If you can do it for me, through the working of whose power? Not my power, his power. Although, I love this. 
This is Oliver right here. <laughs> I am less than the least of all the Lord's people. This grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. And here it is, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Here it is. Here's his plan against the enemy. His intent, that means his plan, was that now, come on, say now. now. You're living in now. Through the what? The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So spiritual warfare, his intent was that now, because you want to get real spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, whatever. Kumbaya, stop. His intent was that now through the church, the united church, are you hearing me? You want spiritual? Okay, well, I want spiritual. God's plan to remove Satan's power from the earth is simply the manifold wisdom of a united church. How, how, how complicated do we make this thing? What's the plan? Well, listen, we're going to pray for 18 hours a day. All three of us. Nothing wrong with prayer. Do it, all right? But God's plan against the enemy is the manifold wisdom of the United Church. Help me out. God's plan, not Drake's. This is God's, right? For spiritual warfare was for us to be together in church. Yes, yes, yes. That's good. Oh, I need more. No. <laughs> You're missing it. God's plan against the enemy for spiritual warfare is what's for us to be together in church. But I'm offended. Well, then you want to get spiritually mature, stay when you get offended. Because you, you ain't even growing until you get offended in church. Let's be real. Let's be, let's be real. Like, like yeah, well, but I'm real. real. Yeah, yeah, you're real good. Let me offend your butt real quick. And let me see. Let me sing a song that you didn't like. Uh-huh. Let, let, me, let, me, let me share a scripture and you didn't like the perspective that's good. Now, you're not even in church until you get offended and stay. That's the spiritual, that is, that is God's plan for the attacks of the enemy. That's it. The manifold wisdom that's of, of a united church. God's plan for spiritual warfare is for us to be together. God's goal it's kind of like heaven. Heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Maybe that's not all about the riches and all the streets of gold. And I, you can use it like that. But I think that on earth as it is in heaven is his people gathered together. Can I help you out, people church? Not so relevant in heaven. Beacon church, not relevant in heaven. You know what's relevant in heaven? Jesus' church and his people. So you ain't gonna get up to heaven one day and be like, where's Beacon? Those are my people. I need to worship with them. And be like, shut up. You're so stupid. Jesus over there. Why not acclimate this already here on earth? Right? It's just like, no, I just need Jesus. Amen? I'm just gathered with people and Jesus, and that's what we're here. Imagine what a city like this could do where we just gathered under Jesus. Not denominations, not traditions, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But what if we just gathered under the name of Jesus? What if Denver looked like heaven? 
So that means uh, that's, it's you versus nobody. It's, it's the people versus no. If you're, if, you're, if you're a child of God, well, who am I against? Because that's what we do. We're like, yo, I'm gangster now. Let's go. Who are we, who are we calling now? No, it's actually, <laughs> now you're for everybody. What? Yeah, you just, you, you kind of have to love them all. But, but, but I got an opinion, Pastor. I got an opinion on abortion. I got an opinion on right and left and Democratic and Republican. I got an opinion. I need to get my opinion across. Is it white lives? Is it black lives? Nobody said nothing about no brown lives. <laughs> help me out. I got an opinion. I need to get my opinion out. Can I help you out? Your opinion really don't matter. I mean, like, you go type it up on Facebook and be like, oh, my God, I'm so mad. Okay, I'm glad that all your 36 followers got it. Like, they got it. Don't worry. I got an opinion. Okay, is your opinion going to gather or scatter? Listen, I'm not saying don't have values. That's not what I'm saying. But hear me, church, all I'm saying is it's hard to convince people that a God they can't see loves them when a church they can't see don't even like them. It's the people versus nobody. Paul's like, you want to know what's more powerful than altar calls? You want to know what's more powerful than conferences? You want to know what's more powerful than the laying on of hands? You want to know what's more powerful than speaking in the spirit? All those are great things. You want to know what's more powerful than tithing? You want to know what's more powerful than church attending? All all those, listen, all great, amazing things. He says, um, if you uh, just get together, and uh, stay together. That's it? Yeah, yeah. it's not that easy, right? Because you're going to get offended, right? <laughs> the irony of our day is we can be so deeply committed to being a Christian, but not deeply formed by Christ. And, and listen, and we're good Christians with good hermeneutics, and good theology and we know all the songs and we have great values and great traditions but the problem is we look nothing like Jesus nothing John chapter 8 I'm I'm, I'm gonna get out of here eventually I promise maybe next week look I've walked everywhere trying to find this place so I'm gonna take my time (laughs) uh so at dawn, um, he appeared again. This is Jesus in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. Hey, look, there it is again, where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law, oh, here they come, them dudes. And the Pharisees bought in a woman caught in adultery. Now, I always wonder, well, yeah, like how do they, were they like peeping toms? Like really, like like did they did, did did they bring her to Jesus to clear their conscience? Because they thought that their sin wasn't as much as her sin? I don't know. I mean it just may be, right? I mean we kind of still do that today. We think, oh I sin, but I don't sin like them. But sin is sin. Ah! 
Yeah, it is. It is. I'm sorry. Sin is sin. Amen. Oh yeah, but but no, but Pastor, you don't understand what they did. But what? No, stop. Okay, so so the the teachers, the law first brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, "Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery." Now they were right. Now you, what you got to understand was not not only was this immoral, this was illegal in this time. And so they're coming up, and this woman is caught in adultery. It's not only immoral, it's illegal. They made her stand up in the group, said to the teacher, woman was caught in adultery, and the law Moses commanded. He knows the law. He is the law. He commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, now here's the question that still gets asked to this day. This is the question that divides us all. Because remember, it's not demons, it's division. Here's the question. Now, Jesus... What do you say? What do you say about abortion? What do you say about Trump? What do you say about Biden? What do you say about guns? What do you say about same-sex marriage? What do you say about sex out I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just going now, 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 now. We have a biblical stand, but, but listen, look what Jesus did. Look what Jesus did. He said, what do you say? They were using the question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus, I love his answer. You know why? Because he didn't say nothing. Jesus, he kneeled down and almost uh, bent down and started to write on the ground. Now, we don't know what he wrote. Nobody does. Don't let CB lie to you. Because all of us pastors think we know what he wrote. Now, I think. <laughs> I think he wrote people. I'll just go with that one. I think, because I think in this moment, he takes, a, instead of giving his opinion, like if you're going to, listen, if you got something to say, like your, your opinion really doesn't matter. If you want real change, you, telling, you saying your opinion is really not going to make a change. So you might as well talk to the only one who can make a change. You might as well get in a position of prayer. You might as well hit your knees. And when they kept on questioning him, right, he straightened them up and he said to them, yo, let any one of you who was without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. This time he wrote beacon. I'll just throw that. (laughs) And at this, those who heard began to Go away. And I love the Bible because everything means something. Like the Bible never misses, right? It's like those who heard begin to go away one at a time. The older ones first. The older ones first. Why do you got to say that? You just, just tell they left. Jesus. You know, no, no, because Jesus forgives you from your oldest sins first to the sins you just committed last night. You don't want to hear it because be like, oh, no, I didn't commit no sins last night. Stop. First, until only here's the answer to humanity. Here's the answer to humanity. Until this woman was left alone with Jesus. What's the answer to man? We have to introduce P. 
people to Jesus, to get them alone with Jesus, because this is the answer to humanity. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And, and keep, keep going. <clears throat> and basically he said, he said no, then I'm, I'm not going to condemn you either. And then he says something crazy. He says, uh, go sin no more. Meaning this is the power to not sin and not condemning people. Because he said, I'm not, I have not condemned you, now go sin no more. But we're so caught up condemning people thinking that they're going to change. But the only way people change is through the love of God. Come on, come on. True repentance is in the love of God, amen? In the goodness of God, right? That's, that, that's true repentance, right? And so, and so, so here it is. It's like, they, they, and the thing, is, the thing is, is that they were right. They had every, they, they bring up this girl and they have the rocks in hand and they're like, yo, what you say, Jesus? Teleport, I, just thought, I thought about bringing rocks and just throwing to random people. I didn't think CB would approve, so I was like, no, I'm good. It's just going to be pebbles. And so, and they're like, what you say, Jesus? I got these rocks. I got these rocks. Let's go. Because here's the thing is, here's the thing, here's the thing. They were right. They were right. They had every right. Not only was it immoral, it was illegal. So she deserved to be put to death. 100% right. Rocks in hand. But hear me, if you're taking notes, write this down. Just because you're right doesn't mean you need rocks. Just because you're right on an issue, just because you're right on a sin, <laughs> uh, doesn't mean you need a rock. Does it? Is, is what we're doing uniting people or is it creating more gaps? Is, is what you're doing giving justice? Or is it giving relief? Jesus is simply saying this. I don't choose sides. I choose people. And we don't throw rocks, church. We throw relief. Put your rocks down. We don't throw rocks. You're not Jay-Z. Some of y'all got that. We throw relief. Amen. Amen. Don't throw rocks. Throw relief. So, so what do we do, pastor? Well, we don't take a stand. We're a church. We need to take a stand. Your opinion really doesn't matter, but your posture and your position does. It's good to have values, right? But Jesus doesn't give an opinion. Jesus gives a posture. That's good, sir. Mm. Come on. Mm. Come on, help me out, Denver. Yeah. Jesus doesn't give an opinion. He gives a posture. Say, so listen, if you won't pray about it, don't post about it. Okay. Amen? Come on, right? If you're, not un if you're unwilling to get his heart and his motive about something in your life, don't talk about it. Amen? If you're willing to go into a prayer closet and be like, Jesus, what's your real heart on this? See, don't say something on behalf of God that he did not say because you had an opinion. Yeah. Amen? Jesus knew the law. They wanted the woman dead. 
She deserves to die. They knew the law. But here's what Jesus knew that they didn't know. I feel like B-rabbiting this thing. because You know what I mean? Y'all seen 8 Mile? Here's what. I know, it's too much comedy today. You're mean the comedy club. Get over it. Here's what, here's what Jesus knew that they didn't know was that she, they wanted her dead, but she was already dead. She's already dead. She's already dead. Uh, they wanted the woman dead, but what Jesus already knew is that she was already dead. Throwing rocks at her would have just given her what she already had. It would have just given her more death. But my God doesn't offer death. Come on, church. He offers life. He doesn't offer death. He offers a way out. He offers resurrection. He offers hope. He offers love. He offers no condemnation. He offers salvation, peace, joy, comfort. He doesn't offer death. And if he offers death, he offers a resurrection. Yeah, so, so rule number one, this is the only rule of the day. Don't throw rocks at dead people. Amen. If you don't get anything, get that. That'll change your life and your church and you'll be doing great spiritual battle the rest of your life. Don't throw rocks at dead people. I mean, come on, you really gonna throw that rock? God has a whole bunch of rocks for you. He's like, you throw, but he's not going to throw them at you. But, but, but I, I'm not going to throw the rocks. I'm going to throw relief. Yes, Amen. Because, because you, you, you're already dead to begin with. And my rock ain't going to help you. Right? It, it will make me feel better. Oh, here, watch this. It will make me feel better about me, but it won't make heaven full. Hmm. Is it making you feel better? Yeah, but it's not making everything better. Y'all getting this? Can I tell you something? You have never laid eyes on anyone that did not matter to God. No one. No, Pastor, I know a few. No. You have never. I mean, I need you to get the person you hate the most. Just get them. I see you already got them here. Like I see y'all, some of y'all crying blood. You know, like, you know, the, the person that you just, oh, I just can't stand them. Oh, you know what I mean? I'd be cutting them off in traffic and they're like just honk, honk and everything. Like, like, oh, get that person. Jesus, I mean, Jesus is crazy about them. Crazy. Crazy. Has their picture on his refrigerator. Let that tick you off. He's crazy about them. There's nobody that you ever laid eyes on that, 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 that did not matter to God. Did you, listen, God threw a rock so we wouldn't have to. Hmm? Because they were like, stone her, throw the rock, Jesus. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got the rocks in that. And Jesus is like, oh, she going to get the rock. Just not those. I'm gonna, God's like, I'm going to give you one rock for all mankind. And so, so what he's saying is quit throwing the rocks in your hands. Start throwing the rock in your heart. That'll change everything. Spiritual warfare. 
Now, I understand. I understand being a Christian is about abiding by a particular set of cultural codes and faith and going to church and volunteering and praying, etc. All good, amazing things. But it's crazy to me how many of us can do the Christian things great. Like we're good at the Christian things while altogether never being formed by the love of God. Never becoming love. Let me help you out. You're not here to become a better Christian. You're here to become better love. That's the change. That's the challenge. You're trying to be a better Christian while God is trying to make you love better. The greatest temptation of the church is is us settling for being Christians at the expense of living like Christ. Real spiritual warfare, according to Paul, is treating people like yourself. Love people. Stay together with people. Why? Because, because hell hates it when you get along with people who you disagree with. Hates it. Hell hates it when you get along with people who look different than you, who have different ideas than you who have fallen short, who've messed up. How, Paul's like, this is the only way. Like, you gotta stay together. You gotta love your neighbor. And he's like, hey, Paul, you don't get it. No, Paul's like, no, you don't get it. Because you don't love, you, you, you have to understand that loving people is what helps break chains. When you divide, whether it be because of racism or prejudice or any kind of hate, where, what you're actually doing is you're playing into the power of the enemy at work on this earth. Y'all ever seen the Karate Kid? Not, not the Cobra Kai. Y'all seen Cobra? That's cheesy as heck, but we keep watching. It's like, why did I watch that whole season? But, 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 y'all remember Karate Kid? And uh, Danielson walks up in there and he's like, "Yo, I want to learn how to fight." You know, he's all mad. I want to karate, and Mr. Miyagi's like, "Paint the fence." Yo, this ain't it, Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh, wax on. Wax on. Yo, I'm trying to fight. No, I'm teaching you how to fight. Is that pretty good? That's pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I need to learn how to fight. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you. And, and, I, and I, think, I think that's what we do with God. I want to learn how to be a better Christian. I've been teaching you the whole time. What do you mean? I, I loved you, so go love somebody else. No, but I need more. No, I mean, just like, just go love. Like, the, the, you're, you're good. Just go love. Yeah, but, but I need, yeah, that's all great. Get, get, get more knowledge. Knowledge is power. All that good. But, 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 but are you loving anybody? You want spiritual warfare? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, let's go. Then, then, then love your wife. Oh, I'm ready. Spiritual warfare. Full armor of God. No, no, respect your husband. Love your neighbor. Don't be such a jerk to your boss. Don't treat people at work like they don't exist. That's spiritual warfare. No, but I'm in my body. No, no, that's good. But real spiritual warfare is loving people. Maybe, and I'm done, so if y'all want to start playing something. and Oh, there y'all are. Y'all like little roaches at a Mexican house. (laughs) Why y'all laughing? (laughs) 
Yo, maybe we need to rethink holiness. Right? Maybe, maybe it's not what we abstain from. Now y'all crowding me. Maybe it's not, I'm just kidding, I love y'all. Maybe it's not what we abstain from, but instead what we give our life to. Because I think we always thought holiness is like, I'm, 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 I'm not doing this, 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 and I'm super holy, and I'm very, 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 very holy. But maybe it's not what we abstain from, Pastor. Maybe holiness, real holiness, is instead what we give our life to. And maybe in the end, the holiest people are the ones that just love well. Love is what matters. Every time we choose to love people who aren't our people, we advance the kingdom. Every person that I build a bond of love with that's different than me, I'm spending my inheritance on what Jesus would have spent his inheritance on. Some of y'all grew up in church and y'all remember this song. It's, um, I can't sing. I can't, I can rap. No, I'm kidding. I can't do that here. But this whole, yes, Jesus loves me. You remember that? Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so. That's one of the first songs we learn when we're, if you grew up in church. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. You know what I love about singing together? Is that those of you who can't sing, we can't tell. <laughs> no, I mean that. You see what together does for the people who need so together? Nobody knows you can't sing because we did it together. Oh, you even played on the piano. That's great. But, but we learned that as a young, young kid. And then we go through 80, 85, 90 years of life and we end up on these white bed sheets in a hospital. Come on, somebody. And the only thing that's gonna matter when you're on those white bed sheets, it's not your discipleship programs. It's not your theology, which is all great stuff. It's not even how much you gave in church, which you need to give in church because you just need to. It's not, it's not how many times you spoke in the spirit. It's not how many conferences you went to or how many songs you had memorized. You know the only thing that's gonna matter when you're on that hospital bed is that Jesus loves you. That's it. And that, that's where it starts, I'm telling you guys. And that's where it ends. And so if that's where it starts, and that's where it ends, then that should be the middle too. And if he loves me, he loves you too. Come on, sing it. Yes, And I can't really see y'all, but maybe you're in here this morning and maybe you feel like you've had a lot of rocks thrown at you. Maybe you've been condemned. Maybe you've had a past and maybe you're just like, 
know how I can get past this sin or this decision I made. And it's hurting me. Now, sin is real. I'm not making light of sin. But Jesus conquered sin. And when you thought you had rocks being thrown at you, no, 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 there's not that kind of rock. There's a rock named Jesus. And he loves you. And just like my son on that screen, he paid for it before you even showed up. All he requires of you is to take the diploma and celebrate. See, it's not about you. And, and I love church because, because church is not about how much we love God. I think a lot of times we want to gather and be like, look how much I love God. It's not why we gather. We gather because of how much God loves us. Every single one of you, no matter where you've been, what you've done, God, it's like I tell my church, God has your picture on his refrigerator. He loves you. And he's not mad at you, but he's madly in love with you. So if that's you in here today, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up, nothing. I just, can we bow heads and close eyes for a few seconds? And if that's you today, I just want to pray with you. I just want to agree with you. And maybe you've never, maybe you're here and you've never even given your life to God. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to I give my life back to God. I've been playing church well. Man, but I ain't been loving well. Not like I should be. I've been offended. I've been doing my own thing. I'm so tired of, 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 of Instagram preachers talking about you need to just disconnect from people. What, what are you going to do in heaven? What are you going to do in heaven? No, why don't you learn how to love people? Or maybe you're one that needs to be loved. So there's three invitations. I want to give my life to God. I want to give my life back to God. Or I want to learn how to love better. Would you pray with me with that, Esther? Just how to love better. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, lift your hand up and put it down. And after that, I'm just going to agree with you of what God's going to do in your life. One, two, three. If that's you, just lift your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Hands all over the room. Yeah. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you that you love us unconditionally that you're for us I pray for every hand risen this morning and even those that are not I pray for salvation love grace and mercy God, you're too good. You're just too good. I pray that we learn to love better. I pray that we check our egos out the door everywhere we go. We get our egos out of the way, Jesus. And we just learn to grow in love 
We're not trying to be better Christians. We're trying to be more like you, Jesus. So if you're in this place and you rose your hand, I want you to say this with me. But we're going to say it together because we got your back. Ready? Come on, everybody say it with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you went to that cross and you died for my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Savior. You have made me the righteousness of God. You have clothed me in your righteousness. Come into my heart. And Lord, if you can do it for me, you can do it for them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. I'll tell you this. Just... uh, Welcome to graduation. Amen. Amen. God loves you. And I don't want you to ever think that he doesn't. If you leave here and you don't, didn't get anything, get these two things. God loves you and he loves the people you hate. It's that simple. That will change the world. Amen. Beacon Church, I love you. God bless you. Hope to see you again. God bless. Thanks for joining Be The Light Podcast with lead pastor C.B. Barthlow. Visit our website at denverbeacon.org. To download our Beacon app, text Beacon to 97000. Once again, text Beacon to 97000. Or join us in person at Beacon this Sunday, 10 a.m. at Comedy Works, 1226 15th Street in Denver, Colorado. Whatever you do, please remember to be the light. Let's go!